Radio TRO is in search of sponsors. Sponsors get a detailed product mention at the beginning of every episode in our catalog. You can submit your own advertisement or we can read one for you. Visit email.tro.bike and contact us directly to learn more. Hey folks, Maggie Dean here, just reaching out to tell you about a couple of great tours we have coming up. One is for the newbies and the other for the seasoned curve carvers. If you're new to motorcycle touring, check out the LMCT, Lake Michigan Circle Tour, which takes place from Sunday, July 14th to Saturday, July 20th. It's a beginner-friendly scenic bike tour around Lake Michigan with all the planning and organizing done for you. It's ideal for couples, three-wheel riders, and small groups. It offers a balanced mix of fun curves, beautiful scenery, and rest stops. If you've always wanted to go on a small group motorcycle tour but have yet to do so, this tour is for you. And for all you rabid twisty travelers, check out TRO's Wisco Disco Tour. Based in Wisconsin, this tour is perfect for experienced riders visiting as much of the Driftless area as possible over three days. Our well-vetted routes are pre-planned, so just take the time off and join us. It's a great opportunity to ride in an intimate setting away from the solo digital world. Tiro's Wisco Disco Tour launches Wednesday, August 7th, and concludes Sunday, August 11th. Again, that's two tours approaching. Visit tiro.bike, mouse over events, and select group tours to learn more. I'm Brian Ringer. I'm Robin D. You're listening to Radio TRO. TRO, your sport touring motorbike fix. We're an ever-developing online venue for motorcycle enthusiasts who enjoy responsibly spirited riding along routes less traveled. The Wizards of Twistery, the Magicians of Mappery, and your guides to many mysterious Maisie Mary Miles. If you're a lean angle crackhead, we're your dealers. (laughs) I've got enough busy mind things happening this week that uh, our outline is definitely enough. Like, just the intro of this episode alone is plenty to discuss just because so much has been going on. I hope you're having a good week. I hope you've had the same, one would hope, you know? Yes. I was floundering on whether or not I should cancel this week because we have, we already have uh, this week's episodes already ready to rock, right? Right. So I love that we're maintaining a cushion, that there's, and there's always the next episode is already ready and that's that's good. But like, I was at that point where, I was like, I actually have a lot of TRO-related things going on, and that made me smile. So I was like, you know what? Let me just lie down for a second, and I'll come back to it. Let's see if I got the energy. Because my to-do list is I, – I, I updated my calendar here. Let's see if this is even on topic. So my week, Sunday, explore topics, uh, work on coding additions and tweaks. That's also the fallback date for the podcast recording. Monday, research, uh, research sales, outline, compose an article that's based on products that people buy instead of what we told them to, like write an article about the thing they buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Tuesday, outline and compose a personal article. Wednesday, produce and release our podcast, sir. Uh, that, that's the Wednesday thing to do. It's, what, it's what's hot on the streets. Thursday, continue work on article drafts that are already started from the previous days. 
and do our weekly recording so you and I have stuff to talk about. I'll probably be inspired on those days too. Friday, finalize any remnant tasks from above. And then Saturday, in the words of Kelly Howard, whatever you damn well want, Robin. <laughs> if it's going to be part of TRO, it's part of TRO. So here's uh, like my task list, though. I just got this book, right? I haven't read this. I've written, uh, I've read my fair share of books, but I just got One Man Caravan by Robert Edison Fulton Jr. Okay. Have you read this? I have not read it. I have heard of it. I should read it too. See, that's now it's funny. You should say that. Ever since the Buell interview, it's like the 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 outreach for people to talk to. I feel a little bit more bold. There's an author I'm a big fan of. Her name is Melissa Holbrook Pearson. We are friends on Facebook, though we don't necessarily know each other. Maybe she listens to the podcast. Maybe occasionally she's written she's read some of my by comparison, terrible writing compared to hers. She's written several books about motorcycling. She wrote The Perfect Vehicle, The Man Who Would Stop at Nothing, uh, a, variety, a couple others I, I need to have the list in front of me to remember, but I reached out to her. I was like, hey, would you like to either be on an episode of the podcast we could talk about some of your work, or maybe you'd like to just hang out and we could recommend books to each other and discuss them as an interview for the, the monthly edition you know, the big, the big monthly edition, which I'll get to that in a second here. Yeah. So she said, I don't know if she meant this, but she said, I would take any one of your book recommendations very seriously. And maybe it was a typo because I don't know that she exactly has time to read. You know, most of my stuff is Dr. Seuss great. <laughs> <laughs> have you read this? Have you read Clifford the Big Red Motorcyclist? <laughs> she said, I'll tell you what, I, I don't necessarily, you know, I, have you been on podcasts? She says, yes. I say, all right, then, uh, is there a book you want to talk about? She says, I've already done that semi-recently. What I'd rather do is she wants to reread this. And so I jumped through hoops. I found it used on Amazon for $24, which otherwise, it's like a $60 book. I don't know why. It's not out of print. Wow. But it's like, that's college bookstore level pricing. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try to get my hands on that. And I looked it up used, and boom, 25 bucks. Yeah, well, that's that's a book. Like that's a book I've always heard of, One Man Caravan, uh, and then there's Ted Simon's books. It's on, you know, and I've heard uh, the I've heard of the Perfect Vehicle. I've read reviews of it. I've not read it though. That's a good you know, book, and so I need to need to catch up a little bit. Um, like I've got Twist of the Wrist. Like I reread every so often, you know, and you know, there's 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 technical stuff like that, but there's not a lot that I've written I've I've read that's about writing. Uh, in other ways, and maybe I should. I could use your advice then. I'll, I'll say yes. Read a book that's about the passion of writing and travel for sure. And I'll invite you to tell me if I'm going to start at the top of the list on books that are well written about the technicalities of writing. I invite you to tell me which one. Should it be proficient motorcycling? Should it be total control? Should it be twist of the wrist? I am definitely all ears because I haven't done much of that. Yeah. Total control. It's hard to tell whether to read uh, Twist of the Wrist first or Total Control. If you like theory, then Twist of the Wrist, you know, and teaches you about fear and survival reactions and things like that. And then and then uh, I think the thing I really found so valuable about um, um, Total Control was 
I mean, taking a class, you know, physically going out there and doing this stuff, you know, practicing, just breaking it down to the point where you, you can see what you're going towards. So you can self coach and then, and then you're on your own and it screws you up for like a month, you know, anyway. I was going to ask you, like when you take, when you do a total control, you've, have you taken the total control class yourself? Yes. And when you took that class, I want to do this very much actually. Um, but yeah. I, all I hear is the banter between desk jockey fellow MSF instructors who don't observe any other curriculum or the total control claims that they should be the ones teaching new riders. I don't hear much anymore about the original creme de la creme total control curriculum that was advanced on entry to some extent, or at least intermediate, I guess. I don't know. Technically inspiring on entry first go yeah you know that's probably what you took yeah i took the i took the og uh or whatever you want to call it total control writing and so you had to go into the class you know you basically had to already be an experienced uh successful street rider like you had to you had to think you know your way around a motorcycle let's put it that way yeah man and then and then you show up and it's focused, like it's not the whole curriculum, like the, you know, like MSF, like teaching you to survive on the street. It's not that. It's how to corner and that is it. And that's beautiful. Yeah. You go around circles, you go around to figure eight and you break down. That's all you do. How to corner. Uh, nothing about deer and Buicks or anything like that. It's, it's, it's laser focused completely screws you up for a while you know you have to rethink everything even if you you know and so yeah that was that was it was an it was an amazing experience how much they packed into just a very short amount of time that's the interesting thing of it to me i prefer the idea that there are many ways to corner and total control is one of those ways i really want to know better and i'm looking forward to it at some point not the introductory i want the original yeah, not the not the here's the clutch lever, here's the here's the throttle. But, you know, it it really breaks down and and really when you uh when you compare total control and you compare a twist of the wrist, um, you know, total total control basically gives you just that one skill. Like you don't, you know, there's nothing about uh survival reactions, you know, fear, there's nothing about all that a uh, twist of the wrist gets into a lot of psychology that's really fascinating. I like that. And I think that'll be pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're totally compatible, but yet the the but the genius of the of total control again, and I'm talking about the one I took which was cornering and that's it. Yeah. Um is that you come out of it completely discombobulated. You have no idea how to ride anymore. Um you you barely manage, you know, but you're able to self, you're able to get yourself there. Like you've glimpsed the mountain and you know where to go. If you've been paying attention, you know how to self coach to get the rest of the way there. And that's a remarkable thing. You know, you, you've coached writing and. Yeah. They've given you a definitive path that you can then build further on your own. Yeah. They show you, they show you the peak of the mountain and, and just for a few moments, you know, the clouds clear just a tiny bit you know, and you start to, you're, you know, you're going around this circle and then suddenly there's kind of a perspective shift. Like you, you feel like you're on a wheel and the wheels rotating or something, you know, there's like a, when you're doing it right, you get like 
half a second of that if you're lucky. Uh, but then that's enough of, you know, that's enough to get you the rest of the way there. And again, you know, I have no idea how they teach the other aspects of writing. Uh, I know I have no idea how they teach newbies, you know, because they've added a lot of stuff. But self-centeredly, I don't even care because I'm not a newbie. So I'm just going to move on. You know, it's like, OK, fine. Give me the good stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Enough about me. W- what do you think about me? So here's <laughs> the, all the stuff I was looking at that it, I was like, can I really can I really lay all this on Brian tonight? Will he be able to handle like the energy I'm feeling towards my task list? But uh, I look at the things I've got on my to-do for TRO alone. And one thing I need to do is coordinate our connection from the website to Podbean where these podcasts are hosted, check the dates of what was updated when and update Podbean's descriptions for every episode. And I'm going through every old episode and removing the advertising so that we can start using these advertising platforms to maybe make a buck on this stuff. What? Yeah, I hope. Oh, and so then the other thing is right now, if you're listening to this and you're, it's whatever publishing day, whatever. <clears throat> right now, you can, you can get any map on TRO for free if you just register for the members area. Usually I give people the option. If you don't want to be a member, you could just click on the buy thing. It's going to support us. It's like 99 cents minimum price. And then the rest is five cents a mile or something like, I don't remember what, but I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sick of receiving the emails that say they didn't get the download or they didn't know what a GPX file was. Even if it says right next to the download button, know what you're buying. Right. Or then I have to send them an email on a per order basis saying, here's what you got. And here's how you can learn more. I need all this to be automated. That's on the to-do list. That's going to take me days. That's my task list right now for the week, among other things that actually pay. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. Anyway. So, Brian, how how you been, man? Tell me a story. How's your week been? Same freakishness as me? Uh, just got back, like, uh, an hour and a half ago. Uh did a really did a really fun dual sport ride in Indiana with with a couple of buddies with Tim and Wise. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. We uh, uh my wife always asks us, so where did you ride today? I, just around uh anyway. <laughs> um so anyway, we were down in the hills. We were down in uh southern Indiana, kind of between Martinsville and Bloomington and out in the middle of nowhere. I've got a bunch of just you know, I've explored and explored and poked around this area for years. And so I've got tracks, I've got just, you know, and every time I'm out, I still discover more cool stuff. Yeah. And Tim and Waz are like, they don't really like, I've tried telling them, oh, we're going to go here. We're going to, they just glaze it. They don't care. They're like, just, just go. We'll follow. We'll have fun. Show us your ways and go <laughs> in the direction of the place that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm kind of reminded. There's, there's, I don't know how true this is, but there's a there's a thing in Chinese where there's a common greeting that translates as "Have you had rice?" And um, <laughs> so, like when you when you walk up, instead of shalom or whatever, you say, "Have you had rice? Have you eaten today?" You know. And, oh, nice. Yeah. And so, and so we should we should do that. So, have you? Did you ride a motorcycle today? I hope you rode a motorcycle today. That kind of thing, you know. <laughs> so I hope you wrote, I hope you've been able to ride recently. <laughs> oh man, do you want to hear about it? 
if you want to talk about it, if it's interesting. All right. Well, here's the short summary. And let me put it to you this way. On arrival at my destination to ride with the friend I was riding with, there was a bottle of bourbon. My goal was to finish it before I left. There was a turn of events, and I was gifted the re- the remaining inch and a half of bourbon in the bottle, which I corked, <laughs> put on the bike, and brought home. And I will not be drinking that re- remainder until the person I was riding with is on this podcast. I think they should they should join us, and uh, they will. You, if you don't mind, <laughs> we'll let him be the guest and just let him tell the tale of my ride with Murray and Mabel. Now we did a we did a featured podcast episode with Murray and Mabel. That's a great episode, right? Just knowing him has led to so many things. He was a friend from the start. He was a friend immediately after the end of our first argument. You know what I mean? Which took place in a Zoom meeting of all places. <laughs> you know, so I've got to coach with this man, uh, and he's just a cool friend to have. But as a result, he's the one that said, "Hey, would you like to interview anybody of stature?" Or is that the right word? Stature? You're a wordsmith. Yeah, stature. I'll take it. So he's the one that hooked us up with the bully interview, and he knows other people. And he's like, he just wants to see us do well. Awesome. So the least I could do, in summary, is ride 6.5 hours through Yellowstone, which, by the way, is not a place you want to, like, let's go on a ride in Yellowstone. No. No. (laughs) That's not a thing. You know, it's like, I saw uh, the same bison that was in the road last week is there this week, only this week his ass is facing the road and he's farting on the tourists as they go by. I then get to some of the prettier roads that are mostly straight line that lead to where he's staying, set up in the trailer there hang out, have our first nightcap, get up. Topics of choice are we rode Beartooth Pass, epic, and we rode Bighorn Mountain, which was supposed to be a leisure day, and it turned out to be epic. <laughs> and the result of those rides were so exhausting that we kind of gave up the rest of the weekend, and I headed on back the next morning. I want him to tell his side of the tale for this for sure. It's got to happen. So Murray Haynes will be on the show with you and I, I hope. That would be awesome. Yeah, and also, just a just a plug, if anybody's listening, the interview with Eric Buell was excellent. Thanks, man. And you asked stuff that I wanted to hear and that nobody else has asked. Uh, there's stuff that he talks about you cannot find in the Fuel press releases. There's stuff, you, you know, you get insight from this interview that you're not going to get on the Fuel website or on, the, and on any of the press materials. Very much worth... Uh, 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 listening to when you're done here. Yeah, I don't want to hold back on questions for people that are interesting. And the real trick of it, it comes from the music. There are a couple of phrases in music. Some of them are overused or capitalized on the wrong way. But one of them is, it's not what you play, it's how you play it. Another one is, it's not the notes you play, it's the notes you don't play. But yep. the truth is, is that the notes that you do play have an effect because of the notes you don't. That's how that works. And it's not, so it's not what you say, it's how you say it. If you set somebody up with a, hey, these questions might get a little raw, I'm going to be watching your body language in response to them. If, if there's anything you don't want in there, say it. And we'll, you know, and he, he, every grayed out question that we didn't think we'd get to, man, he just covered all of them in one swoop. 
I was just yeah. sitting there twiddling my yeah. thumbs like, hmm. Anyhow, thanks. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, he was very comfortable, and it was a great interview. Uh, but uh, I'm glad you got to go riding. But yeah, got to got to go ride today, so it's a good day. Um, and just you know, piddling around in the hills of Indiana, it's much better than you would think. Uh, the southern half of Indiana. So nice. Yeah, somebody, a friend, called it Indiana. Like the, the it wasn't a nice thing he said about Indiana. And I was like, well, you should go towards Brown County, uh, you know, anything in Brown County area, and learn how to disregard the posted signs there. You'll you'll like it better. Yeah. Revisiting from last week. Yes. We were discussing certain topics. You raised a uh, an inside joke that our listeners might throw back onto your shoulders as though it were a priority. What? <laughs> this is a challenge. What can you say about the words "ride fast" and "shift a lot" without hurting, without without offending target parties? How did that phrase come to be, and how can you pull this one off? How much editing am ride I gonna fast, have to shift do? a lot? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ride fast, shift a lot. Ride fast, shift a lot. <laughs> I don't even know the guy's name. It basically, um, uh, if you remember a cartoon named Foghorn Leghorn, I say, I say, I say, boys about as sharp as a bowling ball. Yeah, you remember. Anyway, one of the characters was this little weasel. Um, you know, he was a, a chicken stealing weasel or something. And, he, you know, he never had any success, but yeah, he, he kind of was this really manic frantic. And people who are slightly younger than me would probably like Scrat from the, uh, from the Ice Age movies, the cartoons. Yeah. Like that kind of, that kind of demeanor, that kind of demeanor, really frantic, bug eyed, you know, running around, you know, anyway. Uh, so we had a vintage rally uh, in Wisconsin and a guy shows up out of nowhere. We've never seen him before. We've never seen him since. And um, so he shows up. Uh, he shows up. And one of the, the things he kept saying was, yeah, yeah, I like to ride fast and shift a lot. Yeah, shift a lot. Yeah, I like to ride fast and shift a lot. Who's the fast guys? <laughs> We're going to ride fast and shift a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like to shift a lot. Yeah, yeah. He just <laughs> like like some sort of like Rain Man on crank. There are decaffeinated brands that taste just as good as the real thing. Yeah, I don't think he, that's what he needed, and it was it was incredibly amusing, you know, to the to the assembled graybeards. Uh, but anyway, we and of course you we we set out, and of course you know what happened. You know, we get to the first corner, and he's like he barely saves it. We get to the second corner, he barely saves it. You know. We get there about the first 10 or 12 corners. And this is Wisconsin, very friendly, very flowing. Um, and he decides to, you know, ride fast and shift a lot with, you know, with somebody else. Like, Was he voluntold to go find other people? He actually sort of decided on his own. Uh, smart. that. Yeah, he was smarter than he looked. And um, so, yeah, anybody who was there and a lot of people who weren't, you know, you can say ride fast, shift a lot, ride fast. And so later on, um, on the vintage website, I was trying to, I was just, we were just idly chit-chatting as we do. And, um, I was trying to figure out what's a good Latin translation for that, you know? And so I put it into Google translate, ride fast and shift a lot. (laughs) And I came up with something Uh... and it turned out one of the people 
on the, the vintage Suzuki website is an actual retired Latin professor. <laughs> and so he provided a real translation. I'm I'm not kidding. Like you it's like when you put your hand out and you know you wave your hand and, and a dollar bill falls into it. I mean it's just <laughs> the most random thing. And so in my signature line, I've got, you know, I've got the the Latin, you know, just to class it up. So I've got the Latin for ride fast shift a lot. <laughs> and that's it. That's the entire story. That's wicked, man. I love that. So have you ever off topic, have you ever taken any lorem ipsum text, randomized lorem ipsum text, and translated that Latin into English? <laughs> I'll do a lot of content testing for websites and I'll need some some vertical space of text to make sure things look right. And so I'll take some lorem ipsum text, maybe like 10 to 15 paragraphs, and it's always different, but then I switch it over to translate mode and it's all medical practice information that I think yeah. the type of stuff that doctors have to know in Latin. Well, it's, yeah, it, it, it's basically a Latin, Latin-ish gibberish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the translator will try its best. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for stuff our listeners might ask if we had any listeners. If you'd like us to field your actual questions, uh, please email podcast at tro.bike, podcast at tro.bike. And what questions do people that don't exist have for us today, Brian? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Electra from Cleveland. Yeah, that's a good name. I've, I've probably handed her a $5 bill once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has, has, a, has a very strange philosophical question, and I'd like, you know, I'd like to hear Robin's answer. I've got a couple. But, uh, you know, and she, and she writes, uh, you're all alone in your helmet for hours at a time, as we all are. So what's the dumbest and weirdest stuff that, that gallops through your brain banana? Uh, she left out the word mushy brain banana so that's good mushy brain Uh, banana yeah what's what what's the weirdest or dumbest stuff that kind of goes through your head as you're uh by yourself in your helmet chanting mantras i don't know what you're doing i think i have an answer i don't know that it's a good answer i'll i'll field this and then there, there are no good answers to this question. <laughs> there are no good answers. So we'll, we'll ping- but we we want bad answers. <laughs> we'll ping pong it. I think that most of my thought process at the dumbest instances are almost identical. Like if I'm on the slab or if I'm actually in an open view series of sweepers, whatever it is, I think that I have the same conversations with myself that I would have with the bathroom mirror, like debates and arguments that don't exist being inspired by the constant silence and me getting heated about the, this argument with a non-existent entity and winning the argument because of my quick wit for something I myself (laughs) had to think of as a social challenge to, you know, like fight back against. And it's, it's a total, that is that is a cyclone of up in your head right there. So I'll have to think about an example. And your turn. You you take you take a moment with this one. This was a one time thing, but I've done something similar. So there I am. I'm in the woods. I'm riding along a, a really lovely paved road in Indiana, and um, 
Indiana taxpayers basically refuse to pay for like one inch of pavement that's not going to have tires on it. So the some of the back roads are really super narrow. There's no lines on them because, you know, that costs money. And and there's and they don't cut back the brush. So there's just, you know, it's just a tunnel of green and it's dark and you're going through. So I'm going along in this beautiful, beautiful road through the woods. And um I see there's a there's a freaking anaconda sticking its head out into the road and for two point eight seconds <laughs> I That's an exact number. I yeah, I release everything. I start to maneuver around the horrible anaconda sticking his head into the road. And at at like two point nine seconds I realize, oh, it's just a branch from a tree that that kind of fell in, you know, in out into the road. Now, what the hell is wrong with my brain? That tree branch tree branch happens a lot in Indiana. Yeah. Anacondas don't happen here. Why would my why would you know why would I see a, a, a gigantic snake <laughs> with his head, you know, like six feet in the air out in the road and like, oh, 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 that's just a tree branch. Have you ever experienced digestive related hallucinations? <laughs> like you're dehydrated. I don't, so. I don't even know what that means. I'm not even sure I do, but it's happened to me three or four times in my life now on a bike where you're dehydrated. Maybe your belt's too tight, whatever it is. You're dehydrated. Maybe your belt's too tight. And then the food shifts. <laughs> and then for a second there, the whole world goes warbly. I do have one for you, and it's from something I'm not exactly proud of, let's just say. The second time I, I hit a deer. Oh, yeah. The second time I hit a deer, I readied myself, and I looked at the situation, and the thoughts, the calm thoughts in my head went well that's going to be expensive and this is before the strike <laughs> and boom oh but i don't know <laughs> i don't know i gotta ask the guys if i've already told the story about the uh the people that showed up after that deer that's a long-winded repeat instance that was something special it involves an illinois police chief retired who's married to a high court wisconsin judge who is toting with him a neighboring Amish person in his car, who from the start of their arrival to the time that I left, had a look on his face of absolute amazement at the speeds the car would travel. He never spoke, and the smile never went away. After the cop shot the deer with his police pistol, a forest chud <laughs> walks out of the bushes out of nowhere and wants to argue with this retired police chief about why he should not have shot the deer because it's not hunting season. And again, the guy, the Amish guy's face didn't bat an eye, just sat there with a big grin on his face the whole time. And I immediately realized, wow, this is all happening in front of me. I quite literally spoke the words, I'm okay, by the way. I'm going to go now. And then I rode away from the argument and left all that behind me. Yeah. that That's I hit a deer. It did not go that well. And it was very expensive. Yeah. Because you hit, you hit big boy deers. I hit a, I hit a little boy deer. I hit a hit big a freaking, boy deer. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was, uh, it was nasty. Anyway, the, the, all, that's all I got to say about that. Um, the, <laughs> Anyway, what I've learned 
is that um, everybody, and maybe this is Indiana, or maybe this is just a rural thing, but everybody wants to know, you know, and, and it was a seven-point deer, first question. Second question is, no, I did not get the antlers. Uh, that, I think one of the EMTs actually ended up with the antlers. Um, and the third question is, no, I did not get the meat. No, I did not want the meat. <laughs> Somebody yeah. came along and scooped it up and ate it. I don't know That's who. A- almost a predictable response yeah they don't want to know how my leg was they want to know oh what happened to the deer you know that's a resource right there you know so like what is it like to have double jointed knees for a moment Hmm? it's not fun it was expensive um and uh, for the for the dumb stuff that gallops through your mushy brain banana i will throw out one more because i had thought of it today and I don't know where this came from. It's kind of a spooky one now. So when I'm going, when I'm riding along and I'm in a hilly area and I pass a graveyard that's up on a hill, I'm, I'm always just, a, it's very small, but just a tiny bit like, ooh, there's like dead people up in the air. They're like above me. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Is that weird or am I weird? They're all the above. What's that? It's Brian weird and everybody has their own name with weird followed after it, you know? I probably have plenty more that I'll realize I should have told after we're done recording this. But yeah, no, there are times when I was riding Idaho 75 in that last ride, the last article I wrote. And I swear it looked like the water was flowing uphill, like capillary action. It was not. I was going uphill and all of the light and all the mountains had me completely ass backwards with my gravity. So I could not make heads or tails of <laughs> what was going on physically. You know what I mean? Um, do you mind if I transition? Absolutely. We're done. We're done here. Let's go. Side updates. Here's what I can remember now. There are things I'd like the site to be able to do that are new to my programming and coding wheelhouse. For example, I'm going to want to have some automatic reposting of older posts to various social media, all of which use different APIs to access how that's going to happen. That's going to take me a long time, so it's the last thing on my list to start. That way I can keep piling other things on the list and never get to it. But I do want to get map sales going. It does help the site when when everybody buys a map. It's going to help the site for me to get through all the advertising removal of old episodes. If you decide to advertise with this podcast, thank you so much. We're, it's going to help ease the strain. I go to a lot of trouble to produce these things. That's another thing on the list. Uh, what was there was, uh, I don't know. It's, it's mostly Cody, Cody, code, code. But if you're a, a math and algorithm programming PHP geek like me, maybe that'll hit you the right way. I'm working on it. And that's, that's where we're at. <laughs> That brings us to Maptastic Mayhem. Now, this week, let's revisit Maptastic Mayhem after the rest of the series. The last place we worked on was Warm Springs, Virginia. And the route from there where it goes, it's going to need some love. It's time for us to figure out the Indiana solution and start looking at the route a little bit more backwards for TRO. Whatever, man. I was hoping that you'll take a a week on this one and help me come up with the perfect 250 miles of Indiana and Kentucky that can be in turn conjoined, conjoined with uh, whatever it is we do in North Carolina and the little bits of Tennessee by the Cherahala. Let's turn off our cameras so we can actually have uh, my 5,000 free AOLs won't run out so quick. Cameras juked, sharing screen.
It's amazing. And I think what we want is share. Let me know. You can see all that? I can see all that. You can see all that. So let me load up 777, the one that is full and perfected, and promptly overheat the computers and shut down our podcast production effort. Load. You're my guy in Indiana, and you're my guy in Kentucky. And here's the drill, as I believe that's our last destination before the end of the route. You with me so far? And that's Lebanon, Kentucky. Oh, okay. You and I are going to work on some Blue Ridge Parkway alternatives to fix all that. Yeah, I remember that. We stay in Maggie. Maggie Valley's beautiful. It's not something we necessarily want to lose unless we really have to. After that, we go through Teleco Plains. We ride the Chirahala. And we continue on upward to the just before Kentucky. And this day, bit of a monster. What we do is we cross over into Kentucky here. And this is uh, 66, which looks like absolute motorcycling gold. I will say that every time we've tried to do it, there seems to be a ready and trigger-happy police presence in the area that's just looking for anybody who wants to enjoy themselves on that so they can make a buck for their local town, right? Yeah. Uh, so while I don't want to sacrifice that, I'm willing to. We then continue on through Kentucky. I wouldn't mind bettering some of this. Our destination currently is Lebanon. It doesn't have to be, but currently, if you're taking notes, it's Lebanon, Kentucky. And from Lebanon... I'm I'm trying to enjoy all that Brown County has to offer to some extent, but it's kind of a failure. It goes to the 450-150 split, the combo route, mm-hmm. which I got to be honest with you, considering all we see before the beginning of the very last day of riding, it just isn't cutting it. It's not good enough. So to keep it in theme, And don't laugh. It's important to me. It is the Trip 7's ride. So seven riders will cover seven states in seven days. I don't care how much of that state we get, but this grand finale final day between Lebanon, Kentucky, and Bloomington, Indiana, I don't care where we end. I do care where we start. And I am asking you, great and wise one of the twistery, I want you to know if you would be open to sculpting the ultimate excellent 250 miles of knuckle-biting badass riding between what may still be Lebanon, Kentucky, and anywhere badass in Indiana. Yeah, let's see. Where's Oh, there's Lebanon, Kentucky. I got it. Okay. Between now and next episode, are you open to this? Sure. And then I'll do the clicking and the button pushing, and you'll do the describing and the reasoning that will entertain our viewers about things they should be able to view and won't be able to see unless they're looking at the map themselves. Are you good with that? And you're ending in Bloomington. Okay, got it. No, 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 no. Let's let, don't do it that way. Let's just say that we might be starting in Lebanon. That's a big day. Mm-hmm. I believe that this day is somewhat enormous and this, and this route may need some bettering. Let's see here. Let's look at it. So if we are starting here in, whatever this is, uh, that on the marker is 13, let's call it 1360 miles. And our destination is, if we do Lebanon, is 1632. Oh, wow. 1630, 1360. So 1630 minus 1360. Yeah, it's a 270-mile day. It's not small. 
it, we call that bigger than normal. The next day shouldn't be too much, but it should be chocolate cake, have all you want, kid, ultimate conclusion of the year's first motorcycling vacation for some people before they start going to your rallies, Brian. <laughs> your Yeah, really. These people will be delivered unto you after the fact. So Yeah, I'm open for this. Um yeah, maybe you'll maybe you'll get a few of them primed to uh show up uh you know ready to go and not having uh sat around all winter, which is a problem yeah that's that's why we do it and this time we've only got one spot left so if anybody's interested visit tro.bike and sign up for the tour there's only one spot left you would be open to staying somewhere else absolutely 100 percent. okay we've got a couple of light days that are full of heavy on the goat so 235 to 250 miles of goat is definitely some dense pie and then there's a couple of days like the the day when we ride the Cherahala skyway is freaking huge that is a 300 mile day so the 270 miles the day after that are a lot to take on but everybody's pretty ready to go it's just that what happened after that it felt like a sunset cruise by comparison yeah and and the other thing and and we can talk about this but like what kind of you know what kind of hotel are you looking for are you looking for certain chains or yeah what it would be easy enough to basically stay somewhere between court and louisville for example, or where is the first, what was the first place you mentioned? Corridan. Where's that at? Which is, is basically just west of Louisville. Okay. So do we cross the Indian border? Yeah. Corridan is in Indiana. Okay. It's got several hotel chains, but there's a lot of really great riding in, uh, west of Louisville. So Derby, Tell City, uh, and there's like a monastery and a abbey and, I think that sounds fantastic. Will you be able to dig into Indiana a little bit too to get a little bit of like some chunk Indiana in the mix? Yeah, there be, so there'll be some. What I'm thinking is some prime cuts of Indiana, um, but you're really you're really not going to go north of um, like you probably won't even get the French Lick. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so basically that sticking close to the river type of deal, and then um, yeah, and then there's some there's some fun stuff. And also, I know I tend to be really have a perversion for these really, really, really tiny roads. And I know that's not going to be ideal. Well, no, it is if the pavement's good. Right. I would say that on a ratio of the, the totality of that route, if, if the, go with the rule of thirds, if two thirds of the pavement is stellar, then a little bit of eh, transitional rough stuff, not a big deal. Preferably not gravel, but you know what I'm saying. Well, like I'm talking about immaculate, immaculate pavement, like that's one lane. Like there's not even a, there's no center stripe on some of this stuff I'm thinking of is so much fun, but it freaks people out. Then again, I know some of these people, so they're not going to freak out. No, this is, this is absolutely acceptable. This is completely acceptable. Okay. On the difficulty rating, (laughs) this tour is a, it's either four or five helmets. I don't remember what I put on this one. It's either four or five helmets of difficulty. So, yeah, no complaining. Know your shit and show up ready to ride. If you've got stellar goat roads, give me the stellar goat roads. I'm all over that. I am all about that. All right. Oh, boy. I've got, yeah, I've got some good ones in. Okay. All right. So you want this for next week? I would love that. You're actually, this is going to help me quite a bit because there are two specific days of the tour that have always needed 
Well, frankly, you. Aw. The other five days, I've done my research. I've done my work. I've forcibly made Travis take work time off to go help me scout these things. Those five days I'm extremely proud of, and they are my own doing. However, there's two days where I was just like, I just don't know. I don't know these areas well enough, and I know people who do. Why don't I get the one and only Brian Ringer to help me kick ass at it? But hold on now. I think it's time for Brian's Tiny Tasty Tool Tips. What have I got this week? Here's a universal tiny tasty tool tip uh, that anybody can use. And it kind of relates to one I talked about a while back where basically carry some nuts and bolts with you. Nobody ever thinks to do that, but it's one of the most useful things uh, you can actually have with you. It saves the day for people. I was curious to ask you, like, specific nuts, specific bolts, what length, what is the ultimate combination of that? But we we covered it some last. The point is, if you have them at all, you've done better than before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want some 6 millimeter. You want some 8 millimeter. You want some, you want a couple of 10 millimeter nuts. And you want some uh, general 20 millimeter, 25, 30 millimeter. And then, like, if you need to, you can space something out. Like, you can put a nut on it and and put the, put the bolt in there, you know, if it's too long. You know, you, you can do some things like that. Nice. A few washers, some cotter pins, things like that. Anyway, um, on the same, on a, on a related topic, if, you know, if, 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 if something crucial fell out, um, just remember, you know, survey the rest of your bike, look for, there's probably a lot of fasteners you could steal from somewhere else on your bike. If you really, you know, if you're really down to it and you need to, you know, you need something for that. Um, for example, if you're not carrying a passenger, then you've probably got a couple of nice uh, eight millimeter bolts there in your passenger peg. Take the passenger peg off. You got a couple of bolts. Throw it in your luggage. Rock on, and then you can deal with it later. I remember yeah. a long time ago, I was looking at a bike when I was just getting started as a rider, and it was a CB500T, and it was Jordan Liebman, quality friend to have building me my first bike. I knew nothing. And I looked at it and I was like, who came up with all this stuff? And almost simultaneously, he and a friend said, nobody came up with all this stuff, Robin. Many people did over time. <laughs> so these solutions, you collect them and you store them and you remember them and you just kind of be you and take on new information as you go like you're hearing right now. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Very welcome. Very welcome. Let's do a Tales from Planet That Guy. Because I just remembered of that guy. We've all been that guy. We've all ridden with that guy. Let's talk about that guy. Now, this was a guy. I didn't know this guy. I didn't know this, that guy. We're buzzing along, southern Indiana, hot day, remote, remote area. And we come across a, a batch of Harleys. Um, and basically, part of his shift left there had part of his shift linkage had fallen off of this Harley. And he couldn't shift it into gear. Anyway. That happens. That doesn't make you that guy, does it? I don't think so. The problem was, so we stopped, and uh, we actually, he had a pair of vice grips. So we ended up improvising a shift. Like, he could, he'd have to reach down and pull these vice grips in order to shift gears. Okay. So he, you know, or he would have to, he would actually, yeah, he would have to, like, kick it with his foot or something like that. We... We improvised a way that was workable to get him out of this area with vultures and heat and no cell service or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, th this guy had a way forward, and his friends were all like, oh, cool, we got a way forward. Let's get out of here. Let's get to somewhere with uh, air conditioning and beer. And 
the what made him that guy was he was I I don't want to say whiny, but he was whiny. He basically he had fixated on the idea that the only solution to this was to call the dealer who was not open on a Saturday afternoon, who was like two hours away. His only solution was to call the dealer, have them bring a trailer out and fix this bike. Like he, and, and what made him that guy was fixating on this particular solution. That wasn't a solution instead of being a little bit flexible and, you know, just, just try this solution that we have here. It'll get you at least out of the, off of this road somewhere with cell service and get you out of here. So yeah, one way to be that guy is to be that whiny guy. <laughs> yeah. I have a few friends who are definitely dealership riders. They want to take their bike to the dealership for all things maintenance, but they're aware of it and that's okay. I've got no beef with that. But if you're stranded and there's a resourceful solution that won't void a warranty or anything like that, then be a motorcyclist. Don't be a snack bar paperweight at the dealership or a rescue trailer shopper <laughs> consumer yeah. while wearing a bad guy outfit because you're part of the patch gang. You know, I, I'm a member of the tasseled vest hierarchy, and I've decided that I need people to show up here with a semi truck for my shift pedal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, and it's, you know, it's not so much, uh, you know, not, I'm not bagging on Harley riders or anything like that. It's no, just, no, no, no. I've, I've seen that attitude. It's like, okay, I'm done. You know, something, something went wrong. Uh, you know, this joker who stopped, you know, actually came up with a solution that works and all my friends are begging me to, to use this and get the hell out of here. Oh no, no, no. I need to, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to cry and I'm going to, I'm going to hope the dealer two hours away somehow hears me because we're out of cell range too. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I mean, last time I was down there, he he wasn't there anymore, but you know, maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's still haunting the area. I do actually look forward to getting the two headed coin bit next time for loose services specifically, mm-hmm. uh, as well as well. We kind of, we, we already kind of talked about deer a little bit too, but <laughs> we did like a little bit only because we both hit one and mentioned it, but we'll get to it in the real form eventually. Yeah. Our new segment that'll only happen if we figure out how we're doing this for sure in the future is called Two-Headed Coin, and it's got two subheadings, which are Back to Basics and Rocket Surgery. The Back to Basics, we take any topic from Two-Headed Coin, and we discuss the basic principles that will get you through that matter or help you understand it better. And then the Rocket Surgery side of that coin, the Two-Headed Coin, is where we explain certain things. I am looking forward to reading more about Center of Gravity. I'm becoming very interested in the core center of gravity discussion for all things riding. Where is this? And there's two versions of gravity, that which you are destined for and that which you are representing in motion. And I want to figure out a way to get that stuff into a, a frame of mind we can really get elaborate about for fun. So with that, let's close this, let's close this bar down. That's our episode for this round. Uh, Tune in next time for more discussion on all things specific to sport touring or universal to motorcycling as a whole. For Radio TRO, I'm Brian Ringer. I'm Robin Dean. Safe travels, everyone.